Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Drive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Today we'll talk about the two preseason games against the Knicks, the rookies' expectations, and how defense and rebounding are key for the Pistons in order to win as many games as possible. First, we'll start with game one of the preseason, a loss to the Knicks, 90-84. Bryce, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that game? Um, You know, I think game one, preseason game one, was what people should expect or you would have think would expect and that it was a little bit sloppy the team had 22 turnovers I think didn't necessarily shoot the ball extremely well from the field or the three-point line um, and those are just things you would expect in preseason game one we've talked about the shortened training camp and you know I think one thing that works against this team right now is they have so many new pieces so a team that's bringing back a lot of their core pieces has an advantage over a team that's putting all these new, you know, we've talked about all the transactions this team has had. So it's going to take a little bit for him to gel. I thought Killian Hayes struggled at times, but you would expect that from a rookie. And then there's a couple other guys that stood out, you know, Svee shot it really, really well. Your boy Sadiq Bey shot it really, really well. I think they combined for uh, seven threes. And then I really liked what we saw from Isaiah Stewart. That's that's a guy I really am excited to continue to see. He brought some energy. The uh, uh, Kenneth Fareed comparisons came out again. So it was just good to see the team on the floor and start to see some of the rotations and what this team may start to look like. Yeah, for sure. And I like that Blake was healthy. Uh, he looked good. To me, he looked very good. And, um, you know, Casey said he didn't miss a rep in practice. It showed. It showed that he's he's healthy again, you know. And uh, we need him because at times I felt like he could be that second ball handler with Hayes. Absolutely. Because we do need Zvi on the floor with shooting. Um, you know, I said that DeLon would start just because of his past record with um, Dwayne Casey. But we need Zvi on the floor to shoot the ball. And we saw that right away in game one. So, with that being said, I see Blake being that second ball handler because I don't think Jeremy's ready for that. I don't think Zvi is, is good enough at that yet. So no, that's not you'll need, yeah, exactly. So you'll need Blake to be that point forward at times with Hayes on the floor because I think Hayes needs that shooting because he fans shooter on the weak side a lot, and I like that about him. And not to like continue to go back to this point, but I think we need to show that Blake still has that. We've talked about how he's more than an athlete. Alex talked about that last episode. 
But the more he can show his all-around game and his skill set, again, the better, the, the, the more attractive he looks whenever it comes time to, to trade him for future assets. You're still back in the trade wagon, huh? We're gonna tra- <laughs> we are gonna trade Blake Griffin before the trade deadline. Like there's, we're, we're, there's no way, there's no way we don't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to see. I think with the COVID stuff, we'll, we'll really have to see. And about Hayes, you know, the expectations are so high. Alex, what do you think about Hayes? Um, from from the first game, he he struggled. He showed his flashes, you know, we know he can be good, but he struggled. The thing was, um, most of the rookies from the past years, they had summer league to adjust to the NBA style of play. Hayes was just, you know, feet in from the first, um, playing his first NBA game, you know, in, in the preseason. So there are some adjustments to make. Um, I like him still. He's still getting to uh, adjusting the level of the NBA. Um, I I was hoping he'll play a little bit better, uh, but he showed energy, which you know what a rookie needs to show. And defensively, he did a good job. Um, and you know he's only going to get better. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Hey, uh, so well, you guys are both professional basketball players. Like, what what was it like for you guys? Your first, your very very first professional game. I mean, what you both played high, you know. Uh, Alex, high major, Division One basketball. Vlad, you played, you know, not not quite as high major, but a, a really, really good team. But what was it like, that transition to that first professional game? Alex, you play Summer League, so why don't you tell us about how Summer League was? I think that would be a good comparison right there. Yeah, well, if that counts, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I played, I played in the Summer League for uh, the, the Pelicans, um, and... My very first game was against Lakers. I did not play one second. The <laughs> game, um, I don't remember who we played against, um, but I played a couple minutes, you know, and I, I was excited to just be out there and compete. But I'll just say my very first professional game, I counted as professional because I also did really good, but also I played heavy minutes, and I started that game was against Miami, uh, where I scored like 14 points and seven rebounds and whatnot. But I remember the feeling of just being out there and I was just flying around. I was so excited to be around these good players and just hoop. And I was trying to do my best to not just score. You know, scoring just came natural to me um, because uh, the other guys were putting me in positions where I could succeed. But just the ex- excitement, just to be there on that stage was just unbelievable to me, an experience that I'll never forget. And, you know, I was, I was so grateful because that set the stage for my future years. For sure. I mean, for me, it was uh, different because I felt like my playing with the senior national team since I was younger. Then I felt like I was playing professional like almost every summer, you know. So <laughs> I was playing against professionals and with the national team, I had a big role since day one. So it was somewhat easier, um, you know, to make that transition. But, you know, comparing that with Hayes, I see it, you know, like Alex said, you know, the excitement. Which yeah, can be exactly. the, the too many turnovers, you know. Yeah, that that, that, he, that I guess that was my point. Was he has seven turnovers, but like Alex just said it, like he just was so excited, just killing. And even though he's played professional, like this is the NBA, this is your dream since you were a kid. And even though it's preseason, like you can't tell me his heart wasn't racing. 
Absolutely, and I'm not sure how many people know, but he played, he made transition last year, a big transition from France to Germany, and he played Euro Cup, which is the second best comp- international competition in Europe. And he struggled in the beginning at times with the German League, with Euro Cup, and then he slowly transitioned to playing better and better, you know, starting about, I think, November, December, where uh, Goran Dragic brother, he uh, Zoran, who played in the NBA too, he got... Uh, I, th- I think he 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 left to sign with another team, so Hayes got more minutes now. He got a bigger role, and he just you know kind of start taking over that. And I think we're gonna see something similar from Hayes this year, where you know the beginning might be a little bit rough, whether it's shooting, where it's turnovers, and I think he's settling a little bit right now, especially game two. You know, a lot of the pick and roll stuff he settled, but with time. I think it's it, it's going to come because what I like about Hayes and what I haven't seen about Pistons point guards in the last few years is the weak side passes. You know, Reggie Jackson was not making those passes. Well, he's not making m- many passes at all, but that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but yeah, sure Hayes can find those guys, you know, and, you know, the Hayes-Seku connection, that's, that's one thing, yep. you know. Yep. They're about the same age, you know. They, they grew up in France. You know, and they, they, they play together in the France national team. And it's, it's going to be important, I think, not just for Hayes' development, but also for Seku's development. And it's it's huge. To me, one thing was, I wouldn't say worrisome, but in some ways, maybe Jeremy. I expect a little bit more Jeremy just because he played in the bubble. So I understand the rustiness of some guys. But I also understand that it's a big, big ask of Jeremy right now to make that jump. And it's usually the mental jump that comes before the physical stuff. Like skill-wise, I think he has the skill to make that jump, you know, to start, you know, being more aggressive on offense and all that stuff. But I think mentally it's a shift that I'm not sure he's made yet. Yeah, I mean, he he just struggled right now to put the ball in the in, in the hoop. I think he's three of 19 from the field through the two preseason games. And again, you know, a, a little bit different because he's been playing in the NBA, but there's a lot more expectations coming with Jeremy Grant and a lot more pressure, even though they're preseason games than what he's played through the last few years in Denver, you had Jokic and Jamal Murray and, and other guys. And now you're the, you know, you're, you're that three-year, $60 million contract is attached to your name every single game, even if it is preseason games one and two. And so I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure to perform and prove to Piston fans that he is the guy they signed, that he can take his game to the next level and maybe just, you know, forcing a little bit. And again, finding the chemistry offensively is going to take some time for this team. Exactly. Even for me, I, I was really disappointed to, disappointed to see uh, Jeremy Graham playing like that. I really had, I mean, I still have high hopes. It's just a preseason, obviously, but, you know, I want to see some season-ready stuff from him. And his shooting was one of them, and I was—I did not see that uh, so far. And you know, for me, obviously Hayes is going to run the show at the point, and then he's going to facilitate other guys. But after Blake, he needs to be the guy, you know, who's going to bring some scoring and kind of do it all for, for them. Yeah, and I see, I see what you guys are saying, but I'm also thinking about the transition he's making as far as. The shots that he's taken compared to Denver, where, you know, it was cuts, it was wide open threes, 
now, you know, it's it's a little bit more difficult where he has to do more stuff with the ball. So that's what I'm saying. I think he has he has a skill. He definitely has a skill. I think just mentally he needs to make that step. Okay, like I can just, you know, break the offense, you know, five seconds in. I can start playing one-on-one and it's okay. Whereas in Denver, I think it was more like, okay, this is my role, you know, defense, rebound, run the floor, shoot, shoot the open threes, cut. Stuff like that, where here he might get a little more ISOs, a little, you know, and it, it just, it might affect the percentages because he's not so used to those game shots. You know, no matter how much, how many games, you know, how many shots you take in practice and you want to make him game shots, it's different when the lights are on. That's, that's very true, Vlad. And I think that's a great point that, and I know you, I don't want to speak for Alex. I think more so than me, believe that the talent and the skill is there for him to do that. But I would give him the benefit of the doubt for now that it does take a shift in mentality um, depending on the type of offense you're in and the role to go from catch and shoot shooter to playmaker to, you know, you know, the role he's stepping into now. Like, I don't think a lot of people appreciate all the time. That's a completely different mentality that 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 a player has to have whenever you're programmed and conditioned to only shoot these shots. Those are the only ones that are good shots. And now you're going to where you can break offense and any shot's a good shot. That's completely different and it will take a little while. So I, I hope for the Pistons' sake, for our sake, that you're right and he does have the skill level and it's just going to take him some while, a little while mentally. Have any of you, have either of you transitioned offensive role-wise like that? I've, I've done it back and forth quite a few times, you know, and from AU to my first year as a pro where, um, you know, I took a lot less shots, a different role, more spot up, then went to France and Estonia, you know, and I had a, a lot of freedom. I had to post up, so I had a similar role to AU, like in college, you know, just getting shots off post-ups, ISOs, pick and pops, down screens. Then when I transitioned back to EuroLeague, the, the, those two years I had, you know, I was strictly spot up. So it takes a lot of, you know, preparation to be okay with that, you know, mentally before anything else, especially when you know he can do it. So I can imagine him. And if you look at the track record, he's never done this. You know, he's never taken this this leap. You know, this he was at Syracuse. You know, same thing. He wasn't the guy. He wasn't just creating all the time. And you know, we know that Syracuse system where it's not exactly heavy for you know the three fours to just ISO all the time and stuff like that. It's, you know, NBA ready, I would say. And we go to Denver, you know, second round pick. He, he played his way into that roster, did very well. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him also to adjust. And I'm curious actually to look back at Kawhi and see how he transitioned from those first one, two years where he was just a small part in that Spurs offense to being, you know, the finals MVP. I think that was, you know, those guys got older, you know, he's gotten better. So I think Grant has a little bit different scenario here, but it's the same idea, you know, where he has to take that big leap in the big leagues. So I, w- I would say, you know, he he's going to do it. I would just give him time. Like Rod Beer from, uh, from the Detroit News, you know, he's the beat writer for the Pistons. And he said, you know, we cannot expect Plumlee and Grant to play worth $85 million in one game. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) So, 
I, th- I thought that was great. You know, that's it. You know, we can, we cannot put, you know, these guys get paid this much and we expect them to do that. And sometimes it might not be them playing worth up that money stat-wise. Maybe it's the little things, you know, especially from Plumlee. It can be the little things that might not always be seen. I think we just got to, you know, kind of even heal because, like Blake said, I think Blake Griffin just said after game two, He's like, you know, we only had eight days of practice. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. So we'll, we'll have to see, you know. So now what are your thoughts on Sadiq Bey? I want to hear this. <laughs> you sure you don't want to go first? This is your boy. This is, this is. No, no, no. I want to hear it because I said it already. So I'm good. <laughs> right, I mean, right. First. I mean, he's shooting the ball well. He looks good, right? I mean, and that's what we wanted. And... You know, as much fun as we've had and I've had joking about Villanova and Jay Wright, like it's a great program. It prepares. I looked it up after the last episode, um, how many guys were in the NBA from Villanova. And I can't remember, but I want to say like eight guys over the last four or five years have been drafted in the NBA. So it's obviously a program that's not just good in college basketball, but it's sending guys to the league and they're being successful in the league. So Sadiq is, is going to be NBA ready. He looks good. He can shoot it. I thought it was intriguing after game one that there was a that um, they talked about him playing some minutes at the four, which I thought was interesting. Um, I really like that. I think I've made it pretty clear that that I kind of like the small ball idea. And so, so do you I, see I, him and Jeremy like Jeremy playing the three and Sadiq playing the four, or do you just see a whole different lineup with Bay the four, maybe? You know, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, maybe Jeremy maybe he's the, the five. Yeah, maybe he's the four off the bench. If 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 uh, you know Grant doesn't slide down there when Blake steps out, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what that lineup would look like because you got Sekou too, and Sekou had a monster night tonight. You know, like that's what's hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll, f- we'll get that in a second too. Yeah, for I know, sure. I know. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> Alex, what do you, Alex? What do you think about Sadiq? Uh, he's his shooting is great, uh, and you need you need that when Hayes attacks the basket or you know there's there's help and stuff. You need somebody to knock down shots. You know when I mean we're not we're talking about just Pistons, but you know also watch other teams like Lakers. But when LeBron drives to the hoop, you need if somebody comes to help, he needs to kick to a guy and knock down the shot. And I think they can really really do that. So I I like him as far as the, the lineups go. Um, I I think he can play in four. I mean, he can sub in at four. Um, Jeremy Grant at three. That can work, but I'm not I'm not really sure. I, I just want to hear from Vlad what he thinks. Well, I'll just go based off Dwayne Casey, and he said, you know, he he plays positionless basketball now. Yes, and I love that. You love know, it. so we can go. I, I can see him go Sekou Bay and Grant at the same time on the floor. And with Hayes, you know, DeLon Wright switch a ton of things and be aggressive. And, you know, turnovers are going to be key for this team and points off turnovers. You know, game, um, both games, we had 20 plus points off turnovers. And we, we need easy points because, you know, like we, we said, maybe Grant will take time to develop that 505 ISO game. You know, Blake, you know, how many guys can really score in a half court set on this team, whereas it's a very athletic team? It's a you know six seven to six nine type roster, 
that can really put a lot of defensive pressure and run, you know, get up and run. So I think points off turnovers, steals, you know, we had 10 plus steals both games. Those are really important for this uh, for this team. As far as Bay goes, I'm a big fan. You know, to, to me, he looked like a multi-level scorer. He has the potential to be like a Chris Middleton type player. Uh, that's the which, comparison I saw today. Again, and I, I instantly thought of you, was, was they compared him to Chris Middleton. Yeah, it was, it was it was the one that I saw too. It was it was the, um, I mean it it just it popped right in my mind when I saw it because you know he plays both ends of the floor, he does a great job at at defending multiple positions, and he can score and he, he can score multiple ways. I don't think he can score, you know, great at a lot of a lot of things yet, but he has the potential and he, he can do a little bit of everything. And he can once he improves that, I think I can see that Middleton comparison with him. You know what's nice with this roster is if they really want to, they have the ability to put a really good shooting team around Killian. They can put some dudes that can really between Sfee, Bay, Blake Griffin shoots the ball well. You know Wayne Ellington, which we can talk about that if we want to talk about you know what the the signings we did and didn't like if we get to that, but. They, they can really put a lineup that really shoots the ball and can space the floor and give Killian a chance then to run pick and roll with Plumlee or with Blake or whoever they decide is best there. And I just, I think spacing is so important in the game that to have shooters, you got, you know, Vlad, you're a shooter. Um, so you understand this. And Alex, as a big man, you understand spacing and needing that spacing to work. So I think having got options of guys that can sh- really shoot the ball and stretch the floor is important. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. And that leads me to, you know, Josh Jackson's second game, you know, with the corner threes or Zvi's threes. And it's 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 going to be interesting because Josh's first game wasn't great. Second was Not better, good. I thought. Much better. And now let's go to, you know, game two. The Pistons won 99-91 with a great game for Seku. You know, Derrick Rose, eight assists. Uh, I'm I'm falling in love with Derrick Rose right now, as far as what he does, as Everybody far as mentorship is. and the role he approached, and the way he's playing those limited minutes, it's you know, it's it's really good. I think it's what what do we need, and uh, you know, for me, if you ask me, and I've said it, I think last episode too, can we keep him? You know, can can we keep that with Hayes? And I know it might not be what Derrick Rose wants because he's not part of his career where he's he might just want to win but it would be so good for for Hayes to have Rose as a backup where he knows his backup can also step up and you know deliver you know he can get you that 10 15 points that 7 10 assists and also be a great mentor for for Hayes and um yeah I think it's going to be yeah it's, it's going to be very interesting what what do you guys think about uh the second game I'll go ahead Alex um my biggest takeaway from the second game after the first game was we got out rebounded again. Like that's my biggest takeaway, and and I think I, I I immediately look at that box score after every quarter throughout the game, check the rebound stats as as we're watching because this is what Troy Weaver said he wanted. You know, and and, and Casey, you know, we're going to out rebound teams. That's how you win the game. You control the boards, and not just. I'm not trying to. 
undercut that by any means or, or anything. It's just, if that's our emphasis and that's something we should be, you know, winning and through two games, we haven't, that's not the end of the world. It's just a stat that I go to immediately. And so I'm just interested to see how that plays out. You know, it, it, I noticed Jaleel Okafor, you know, we've talked about him, not sure where he fits, but I think he might've led the team in rebounds today. I, th- I think he had six. So he did he, him and Blake Griffin tied. Um, and Blake played four more minutes. So is that going to get Okafor on the floor? Does he realize, hey, if I rebound, I'm going to get to play? Again, Isaiah Stewart. I'm, I'm going to talk about him because I like him and uh, the energy and everything else. You know, he, he goes in and grabs rebounds. So that's kind of where I looked at, at game two. Obviously, they played better, shot it better, offensive efficiency, defense was good. Um, but really like to see us. If, if rebounding is going to be where we kind of hang our hat, then – would like to see us kind of dominate that stat a little bit more. Totally agree with you, Bryce. That's that's exactly the same stat I was looking at uh, since, you know, uh, this is the key to win, right? Um, at least according to Pistons. Um, and so, so far, it has not been good. It's not good to be out-rebounded. Um, but uh, I, I think it's going to get better. This is going to be like part of the Pistons playing style. Um, the other thing, I, I thought we shared the ball really well. And, uh, you know, again, Hayes kind of struggled, but he, he played good. And, and then Derek Rose, he had a great game too. And, you know, I love what Vlad said about him, and I agree with him 100%. I think he needs to stay here with the team as, to, to help Hayes and show him the way, show him how to play, uh, mentoring him. And then, you know, D Rose had a great season last season and I was expecting him to come off the bench and do kind of the same thing and 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 just run the team you know score and pass and he did he did just that the second game hey hoop heads we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury arise is trying to change that with the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. I keep looking at Seku and what I see is a whole lot of potential. And uh, I can see him develop and we, we had Elliot DeWitt who's part of the Pistons video room on the other episode, and he was saying how Seku can develop in that Pascal Siakam uh, type player, and I personally didn't see it. And now it's like, okay, maybe maybe he is. You know, he, he shot the ball, you know, 2 for 4 from 3, 8 for 11 from the field overall. And uh, that go with, uh, what, five rebounds, you know, one steal, two blocks. And that, that says a lot about him in 17 minutes. Um, okay, well, it was the Knicks that we played against, <laughs> and it was a preseason game. But I thought it was very important because if if he can develop, you know, this this type of games, and you know, 
I think he scored 24. That was his career high last year. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's going to be up and down just because he hasn't played basketball. Like I said, it's six, seven, this is his seventh year playing basketball. And he'll get there. You know, it, that's why I can see the Pascal Siakam comparison now. Pascal started later, too. He hasn't had a chance to play a whole lot of basketball. Now with the G League, I don't know how that's going to affect Seku because I think a lot of his confidence last year was coming from the G League where he was allowed to go to Grand Rapids and I would say make mistakes. You know, he was allowed to go put up crazy number of shots. He was allowed to try everything that he felt like he wanted to try, you know. And now without the G League, is that going to affect Seku because... Or is that going to affect Sadiq Bey's minutes, you know, because Seku might get those minutes and Sadiq Bey might not have those G League minutes that Seku was getting last year. Even though I think Sadiq Bey is more NBA ready than Seku was last year. So that's, to me, that's a big take from this game is we saw a flash of, of you know, a potential starter. Of, you know, is it going to be a feature star for us? I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys think about him? And he's he's mostly he's ceiling, not just one game because you can look at game one and be like ah, you can look at game two and get super excited. And as you saw me, I'm trying to kind of keep an even heel with everything as far as expectations, especially with the younger guys. I think it's uh, oh, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Okay, okay, I'll go. I think his ceiling is is high as long as uh, you know he he needs to be consistent. That's something that I struggle sometimes during my career. I had good, really good games, and then I had some average games. And, you know, as long as you're consistent with it, I'm not expecting him to score 23 points every night, obviously. Uh, this was a great night for him. In 18 minutes, he scored 23 points, grabbed five rebounds. You know, he did an incredible job. But he needs to be more consistent and show flashes that, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he can keep this at a high level uh, day in and day out. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I don't think we can rush to judgment after every single game with Sekou. And, and I, I fell into that after preseason game one, he didn't play well, he didn't look good. And I found myself going, okay, like we've spent all this time talking about Sekou and, you know, he's not ready. He, he didn't improve as much as everybody said. And then we come out tonight and he scores 24 and it's like, all right, trade Blake Griffin. So Sekou can start at the four. He's ready to go. You know, like <laughs> we, we can't do stuff like that. Right. That, that's unfair. Cause we all have, we've all played the game. We, we know we have good nights and bad nights and everything else. I think the more we talk about this and I know we like the depth of this team, but what I start to worry about now is where legitimately, and you're talking about the G league and we've decided the Pistons have decided we're not going to have a G league affiliate. I did see where it's possible that maybe we could team up with another team and send some of our, our players with their team. But where are these guys going to get a chance to, to get minutes and develop? You know, there's a log jam up front at the four and the five where, like, I just – and maybe Sekou's not ready to get a, a consistent, you know, 20 to 30, 25 minutes a night. Maybe it's okay if it's sparingly or Blake needs a night off or whatever. I just, it's going to be very, very interesting. I think Dwayne Casey's hardest job this year is going to be the lineup and minutes and balancing being competitive with getting these young guys playing time. Like that's going to be tough for Dwayne Casey. That's going to be a hard job this year. Absolutely. But what I also think is going to happen is he's going to play the guys that are playing well. 
So I think everybody's going to get a chance, maybe first half. I don't know how it's going to go. You know, get those five, six minutes, see who, who gets it going. And, and then, then kind of just, them. yeah, roll with them in the second half. If there's a chance to win the game or whatever it is, I, I can see that happening. And uh, I don't know. It's tough to say that he would, you know, say, hey, you know, I want to play Seku 20 minutes a game every night. But then, you know, Sadiq comes in for those five minutes and, you know, he gets off. He, he plays well. You know, he has eight points and three, four rebounds. And it's, it's going to be hard to get him out of there, you know, because they want all of them on the floor. So that, I think that's going to be key is who's going to play better that night. And also what we have to realize is, is the value and the MVP caliber, the all-stars. It's about consistency. It's not about being a roller coaster. It's not, you know, how many guys went in and scored 40, you know, and then they go and score two. So that's not the point. That's not what we need either, I think. But with these young guys, it's what we should expect. Because, you know, like Seku, he might get overly excited now, have 23, oh, my God, and then go with the Wizards and you know, not do so well because he's still excited and hung up on the last game. Whereas the veterans kind of realize, okay, it's just one game. Cool. I had a good game on to the next one. And until they realize to have that kind of mentality, they will struggle. They will not be consistent. I think that's what separates, you know, Sadiq Bay comparison towards the Milton is Milton can do it day in, day out. You know, Sadiq had a good first game and then second game was not as good. So, you know, we can see that. We can see Josh Jackson. You know, I thought, I thought Josh Jackson, what do you guys think about Josh Jackson game two? I was a little bit disappointed game one. And then I was like, okay, I, I like what I saw game two. He was on the Seku, right? I mean, uh, a not a great performance game one, forced. And then in game two, like you said, corner threes, he hit three, three total threes, I think, and showed that there's some potential there. Like, I, I feel like every one of these guys has shown between the two games or both games that there's something to be excited about. Like, that there's, there's something there. And I think the word of the episode is going to be consistency. You know, now which guy can do it again against the Wizards and then who can do it on opening night? And I know we're going to get into the schedule here in a little while. They're going to have – we're going to find out real quick because they're going to, this team is going to get tested right <laughs> away. I mean, we, you know, we don't have to get into it now. But, um, you know, Josh played well tonight. If he can make shots, I mean, if he can go – I mean, he's not going to go three out of five all, all year, but if he can hit two or three threes and he's athletic and he'll defend and grab some rebounds, he can help this team out, and that signing will look really good. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, what do you think about our schedule now that we start mentioning it? And I keep looking at it, and uh, I'm not overly excited about the schedule. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody is. <laughs> anybody, you want us, especially having these many rookies on your team or young players, you need to... Well, see, now I'm changing my thought. I was about to say you need, like, an easier schedule for them to, you know, gain confidence and, and uh, you know, run into the start of the season and get better by game, right? But now I'm, I'm going back to a thing we talked about uh, last episode, this trial of fire. As in, you know, you go in there, you play against the best of the best, and... You compare yourself to them and see, okay, we have to work on this. I have to work on this. Man, this guy killed me, so I get, I need to get better on defense. Or, you know, 
it's it's a good adjustment to make going in, in against these good teams and it's a learning curve you know it's, it's something we did not want maybe to start again such a tough schedule but it can be beneficial hey and that's i mean you guys you know i'm sure you guys can can expand on this but I've always felt like if you do it against, if you can be successful with something, like let's say we go out rebound the Hawks, the Heat, and the Bucks in every game, and you can say, okay, like we out rebounded some of the better teams in the East. So that's something we can hang our hat on. If we did it against them, we can do it against anybody. Or Killian finds that he can really run the pick and roll against, you know, whoever, whoever it is, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I just did that against. You know, this is a preseason game, but Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. Then you feel like you can do it against anybody. So I think even if it's just small confidence boosts in specific areas, you do it against some of the best teams. You go do it against the Bucks or the Heat who just played in the NBA championship. Or, you know, then you can feel pretty good about yourself and just continue to build on those small little wins. I don't know. I might just ruin your parade right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> This I, I keep looking at the schedule and I'm like going back and forth. You think it's like, too hard? It's grueling. We, we literally can be with two wins against better, Cleveland. Hey, hey, Both wins against Cleveland. We better up win. Until the end we of better January. win. We better win game one and two. Or it. I don't see no Minnesota's rebuilding, but they're rebuilding with you know Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. So I think it's a little bit different, and with the number one pick. Yeah, I, I think don't it's going to be tough. I don't think we're going to be that ready yet i feel like you know the preseason is something but when the real deal starts i feel like we're gonna see similar games or similar stats that we've seen so far from our our guys uh, in the first two games so and those things i don't think we'll, we'll get it done you're talking about one or two wins in the first 20 games then absolutely i mean i'm talking about both them coming against cleveland too because i don't see yeah. it i don't know maybe orlando you have a chat but I really like again, the Hawks. You're, you're I know. in Orlando. The Hawks, I don't see it. Then you're going to Denver, Utah, Phoenix, L.A. Eleven. I have. A, I have a, eleven of five day road trip. <laughs> yeah, eleven of the sixteen games against the Hawks, Heat, Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics. Like, where, where, where who, who are we going to beat in that stretch? I mean, we're going to win know, a game. We'll, we'll I, knock I, somebody I was off. Actually, the ones that I just mentioned were in February. So I was like trying to look ahead and I'm like, oh, no. You know, but like the beginning of January, you know, it's you have Boston twice. You have Milwaukee twice. Then you have Phoenix, Utah, and Milwaukee again. That's up until, you know, January 14th. It, it, it's going to be really tough for such a young team and with a, such short preseason, no summer league games for a young team. You know, it affects it because if you look at this roster, you have Hayes, Seku, Sadiq Bey, Stewart, Saban Lee. At least it's five guys who play summer league. At least five. And they have no summer league, no reps, which is some their Rose said too, and Alex said earlier too, these guys have no summer league. So... Is it going to be those, you know, 10, 15 games? It's going to be most like summer league for them to kind of get used to everything. So from how they travel to, you know, what, how they practice and everything. I think we have to prepare ourselves for Dwayne Casey going to a veteran lineup to get some wins at some point. Like, I think Piston fans, and they don't like it. I've already seen it on Twitter. They're not going to like it whenever he's playing Rose, Wright, Plumlee, um, I mean, Griffin, 
but like Ellington and those guys are t- are taking minutes from the young guys because he's going to go try to get a win. And I don't know that I'll blame him if we've lost six or seven in a row and the young guys are struggling. Like I don't know that I'll blame him if he'll try to turn to those vets to steal one just because they're vets and they know how to do it. But I think we have to prepare ourselves to seize those those lineups with the with the vets. But are those vets good enough to win those games? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that they are. And that's why they're my least favorite part of the off season. But I'm just saying he may try. Like I could just no, see think- us going. I mean, it, he's showing it right now with Dylan DeLon Wright starting at the two. That's my least favorite thing that's happened in two preseason games. But did you see the difference between the Knicks and the Pistons ending the games? The the Knicks end the games with the veterans in? While the Pistons ended with all the young guys. Yeah, they did. I think this is a lot. I think this is a lot about Casey and what, what he wants to do with his team. His vision team. for this team. I, I hope – and you know what? Credit to him because I know this was another thing we, we talked about maybe getting into today. But he's probably not going to reap the rewards of this this rebuild. I, he may. It may happen faster than, than what we think. But there's a real chance that he has to build this, build this, build this, and then – He's getting into an age where, you know, it may, it may be time to hang it up by the time that, you know, it really, this core really, you know, is hitting their prime. Yeah, well, he's 63 years old and two years left on his contract. It's it's going to be a close one, I think. I think it's going to be a matter of does he want to coach after this two years? You never know. So it's going to be it's going to be very tough. What do you Alex, think, what do you Alex? Think? Do, yeah, you, the- do you see Casey? Yeah, do you see Casey going to a veteran roster or just – but to me, he said trial by fire with the young guys, and I think that's what's going to be. But what do you think, Alex? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because, you know, even if you have two years left in a contract, even if, you know, you're just trying to help the young guys develop, uh, I, I, there's there's some pride over there, I feel like. There's some, you know, your competitive nature, and you want to win games. And when you get a chance to win games, I think you have to throw in uh, you know, a couple of veterans to, to do it for you. Um, I feel like in the preseason, it's okay to have the young guys out there make decisions to see who's going to make the right decisions, who's going to be the guy who's going to score, uh, you know, who you can trust in, in situations like that. And the preseason is the best way to, 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 to figure that out until, you know, it's, this is the real deal when the, the season starts. Um, and obviously, some games might get down the stretch where, okay, this is winnable. Let's have, you know, Blake, let's have maybe D. Rose out there or other veterans, you know, play this and then seal this game. Uh, but it's going to be up to the young guys most of the time to get the games to that point. So I feel like Casey's going to rotate or jump between those two lineups uh, depending on how the game goes. Yeah, and I want to see who the ball is going to go to. In crunch time in those close games is it gonna go to Hayes is it gonna go to Blake or is it gonna go to Grant I think those are our three options as of right now and I'm looking at the shooting too and uh, you know tonight Hayes one for six three-pointers Blake two for five Jeremy two for three Josh three for five Seku two for four so you're looking at you know Bay was over two Zv was one for four, and Hayes went one for six. Otherwise, everybody shot the ball well. Okay, not a not a huge uh, huge amount of shots, you know, two, three, four, five by each player. 
but that's pretty encouraging, you know. Blake shooting two for five, you know, Jeremy two for three. So, like, Josh three for five. And if we can get that kind of – because I, I trust that, you know, Savi is going to shoot 40% again. I think Bay can shoot 40% or close to that. Wayne Ellington is going to be there too. And that's pretty encouraging because if these guys can shoot too on top of the shooters that we have, you know, that, that can be the dimension that we didn't think that we – we could have because shooting was a big issue. I feel like going to training camp, signing these guys, you know, do we have enough shooters? Yeah. And I, I think if these young guys can shoot it, that keeps them on the floor compared to having to turn to the vet, like Wayne Ellington, who probably is here in case Sadiq isn't able to transition to the NBA three point line in year one or, not that he would necessarily take minutes from Jeremy Grant, but if Jeremy Grant's not shooting the three well from the three spot, then you have to get a shooter in at the two spot, and Wayne Ellington can do that. Or if Josh Jackson isn't shooting it well. like I think hopefully Wayne Ellington is a backup plan if, if none of these guys really turn out to be not knockdown shooters, but you know really, really high-quality three-point shooters. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree. Now – transition to the next episode and next few games what are your expectations now going the wizards with with russell westbrook bradley beal backcourt i can personally see uh hayes struggling maybe even more turnovers because of russell's athleticism uh his length and uh you know his, his, his quickness and i can also see some of the some of the forwards being a little bit more aggressive and having a little more, more success, actually, against, you know, either uh, Denny from uh, the, the Wizards rookie or, you know, Rui, Rui Hachimura or, you know, Mo Wagner. I, I can see, actually, some of our young guys like Grant or Seku having good games again. Yeah, I, I watched the Wizards a little bit tonight. They were playing the Nets and... I tried to catch KD and Kyrie, and, and I they were they were already subbed out. I didn't get over there till the third quarter, but I don't think that front line is super intimidating for the Pistons. So it'll be interesting to see how Sekou can play, and if Plumlee can get going a little bit, and in that front line. But you're right. I mean, to expect Killian, you have to expect that Killian's going to struggle a little bit against Russ. I mean, Russ is a beast, you know, and um. It's just the physicality and the intensity that that Russ plays with. He, you know, he didn't play tonight, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays against us or not. Him and Bradley Beal both didn't play tonight. It doesn't look like at all. But if they play, that's Killian's going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, my expectations are the same for Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose to be as consistent as they were the last uh, two games. Um, and I also expect Hayes to, to struggle a little bit. I hope he's going to be really motivated and humble to go against guys like Westbrook and maybe, you know, try to prove that, hey, I can, I can play in this league. But, you know, it's tough. It's tough to do it against Westbrook because he's as competitive as he gets and he's not going to let a rookie, like, good score on him, you know. So, and it's, it's such, it's, he's so athletic and so tough to play against that he might, make Hayes uncomfortable again. So uh, I know we're Pistons here, but just real quick, guys, what what do we think about the Russ for John Wall trade? You know, Vlad, you're a DC guy. 
and the James Harden situation, where is he going to end up? Just real quick, I know I know we don't want to stray off the Pistons too much, but since we are playing the Wizards and and that trade happened, who won that trade? And and is James Harden head, headed out of Houston? I thought both teams won that trade. I thought West uh, Westbrook is going back to play for one of his favorite coaches, absolutely in Washington. And then I think Wall is teaming up again with Cousins. In Houston, which is a little bit overlooked, and I they're think. like they're like best friends, right? Like they're boys. Yeah, I mean they they play together in Kentucky, like Kentucky. Uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think that roster depends a lot on what happens to James Harden, because I don't think John Wall and James Harden can play together, unless Harden just agrees to play off the ball. But I don't know. That you, fit doesn't make it doesn't make any more sense than the Westbrook and Harden fit made. Yeah, exactly. And I also don't see. No, I, I keep seeing what Harden, like the teams that he wants to go to. And I'm not a big fan of any of those trades unless he goes to Philly. Yeah. I, and go to Miami? No. Yeah, people no. think I he's going like to work in Miami it. with Jimmy Butler? Like, he's going to hate Jimmy Butler. I don't know because Jimmy wants him there. So I think that's different. That doesn't but make sense. At the same time, but that's, that's a very different team. That's a different team because they hang their hats on sharing the ball and – Everybody playing together, you know, offensive defense, and and don't they like Bam to handle, you know, Bam to handle the ball? Yeah, I mean, because he's a, he's a, he's a nightmare. He's he's a mismatch nightmare, and it's very hard to guard him when he handles the rock. And so you're gonna take the ball I mean, out yeah, of his Jimmy, hands, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it, I don't I don't see Harden fit on a lot of teams right now, especially if he's not willing to. <laughs> he's not a fit on give, his own team. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? He's not willing to give up the rock. <laughs> what did you think, Alex, when that trade happened and then James Harden's future? Yeah, I I, I had the same thoughts like Vlad. I think uh, Westbrook, you know, is glad that he got where he got. It, there was actually a meme or a picture showing that everybody that leaves Harden, they're just laughing and having <laughs> the best time of their life. <laughs> you know? So um, as, as far as for the Harden's future, it's tough. I had some, you know, discussions on my team as well about where is Harden going to land, and I don't see pretty much any fit. And also, I don't, see, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a great player offensively, but given the history of other teammates that ha- he had, like, does anybody else wants to play with him? True. You know, like that's that's my thought. So, you know, I'm thinking about the 76ers. Uh, I don't know if this. Trade is still possible or not, but does Joel and B? I, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to trade Simmons for Harden. Does Joel and B wants to play with a guy like Harden if he doesn't share the ball, or you know, he he might not get as much as many touches? And it's it's tough and stuff. I really don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. It'll be interesting for sure. It's- yeah, and then uh, you know, since you mentioned other teams and other players. Can we find a way to bring Kuzma into? <laughs> he's yeah. killing tonight. I don't see him being there for too long. I think he 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 wants that big role, and that's going to be interesting right there with the Lakers. You want to bring him to Detroit? I mean, I would bring him. He, he checks all the boxes. And I, would bring, guy. I would take Kyle Kuzma in a heartbeat. I know. That's what I'm saying. He has, he has the whole package, and I think he's ready to be a superstar, too, if you ask me. But he's. Not, I don't think he like. I think this is true. I think some guys can't handle playing with LeBron, not because it's LeBron's fault, 
Like, I just think LeBron casts a huge demanding shadow, and I don't think Kuzma likes it. Well, I think he's ready for a bigger role, and he's because he's shown that whenever he gets the chance, he does it. You know, he plays well, he scores a lot. I think he wants that. He's ready for it, and it's going to be hard to keep him happy there, especially with, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, and now you got a lot of guys that can score the ball on that team. And it's going to be hard for Kyle Kuzma to average a 20 game, let alone it's going to be hard for him to average like 18. To, yeah, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. And just looking at tonight, you know, they played the Clippers. They won 131 to 106. And he shot the ball Kuzma well. Kuzma 25. He shot it and, well. I mean, exactly. And he, he just checks so many boxes. Guys, he would fit perfect on this roster. I know, but... What do you do, E3 Blake? They might not want Blake yeah, well, for that. <laughs> I, well, the, the problem with the Lakers is they have the better version of Blake Griffin, right? With Anthony Davis. And they probably can't take on Blake's roster. I mean, those, those contracts are, or not roster, contract, those contracts yeah, aren't going to match up roster, at all. Yep. Like you'd almost, the Kuzma trade would almost have to build around Derrick Rose for the Lakers. But no. I will. <laughs> no, I know. I know. No. I know. <laughs> I, I, neither of you want that, but I'm just saying for the for the lake from the Lakers side, I think it, the deal would have to revolve around Derrick Rose because I think that fits more of their needs. He could go there, and you've talked about this. I've heard you with D, with Da with David Aldridge that you thought Rondo won that, not won it, but he was the last piece that won that championship, and he's gone. So if Rose could go in there and fill that void that Rondo filled last year. That's very tough, though, because Rondo's such a defensive-minded player. He's, you know, a floor leader. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, but I hope we don't get rid of uh, Rose for that. And then just to go around the league, you know, the Kings today, they beat um, the Trailblazers 121 to 106, and I, I was impressed by them, actually, about everybody scoring double digits. It was, uh, it was pretty cool to see. And then, you know, the Bulls beat the Rockets 104-91. And that's pretty interesting because they John have two Wall guys scoring 20. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting team right there with the Rockets. And, uh, yeah, that being said, I mean, I'm ready for for next two games. I'm excited because they're going to have a few days of, of, of practicing. And, um, you know, going back to what Blake said and what I said earlier, they only had about eight days of training camp. So it was hard for them uh, to put a lot of stuff in there. And um, I think we're going to see this team get better and better as the season goes on. And um, I'm excited. I thought we I thought we saw an improvement from game one Absolutely. against the Knicks to game two. And that was the most exciting part of it because that's what we need to look forward to. We cannot have the expectations of, Okay, we're going to go play Minnesota. I'm going to win. Or, you know, how are they playing? Okay, they're playing well. Can they play better the next game? You know, do, do we see a, a small but constant improvement? I think that's going to be huge for this team in the long run. All right, guys. And what, thank you for joining me and uh, joining me, Bryce and Alex. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on uh, episode five of Motor City Hoops. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. 
Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.